Welcome to Sparkle and Substack with me, Claire Venus. I'm an engagement consultant and mentor, and I started my journey with Substack in April 2022. My Sparkle and Substack publication was born out of my own journey of being a creative who also writes. I'm so excited to bring you tips, tools, and the voices of brilliant online creatives who are as passionate as me about you staying creative on the platform. So welcome back to Sparkle on Substack with me, Claire Venus. Today I have my friend and colleague, um, Sarah Rad, with me, and I'm so excited to talk to Sarah about all things Substack and her marketing background as well. Just a reminder, this podcast was born out of staying creative on Substack. So even though it was introduced as a podcast, uh, sorry, a platform for writers, we're all finding lots of ways with it, with our own creativity, and we're enjoying spending time there and showing up there and taking up space there. So that's really what this podcast is about. So before we dive into some questions, Sarah, do you want to just introduce yourself to everyone? I will. Um, So I'm Sarah Rod. I am a coach and I describe myself as a coach and mentor because I feel that I do blend those two things when I'm working with people. But essentially, I work with creative women. So all of my clients are female and they um, run a small business, creative, wide creative. So, you know, illustrators, jewellery designers, garden designers, branding people, um, other coaches. So really kind of, you know, loose around the creativity but they are all very very creative um and I work with them on their businesses essentially but really what I'm working on quite a lot of the time I would say 75% of the time is their mindset um so it's really about what they see as being possible for them um where they can take their business and what they're allowed to do in inverted commas um and the rest of it is really sort of more yeah kind of strategic stuff around their business, so their pricing, their products, their services, their marketing, you know, how they're getting, um, you know, how they're showing up, how they're being visible, where they're getting their work from, how they're earning their money side of things. So that's yeah. what I do. And I do one-to-one um, and I do also do it in groups as well. So, yeah. yeah your lovely, lovely group programme, Believe and Achieve, which I've been part of before, which I absolutely loved. I really enjoyed spending time in that space, working on my own a lot. That was a really nice invitation to spend time with other women. And going back um, a few steps, you, I mean, we didn't know each other, which is bizarre, really, that we didn't. But we both worked in the arts and cultural sector in Newcastle, upon Tyne, if you're listening anywhere else in the world, for a while. And our paths didn't cross, but you were in marketing for a theatrical venue and you did lots of other things around arts marketing. And we've had lots of lovely chats and points of connection around that and around the art sector and around showing up and taking up space and selling tickets and all of that stuff as well so have you brought some of that expertise and experience into your coaching business do you feel like that helped shape your coaching business yeah definitely because I think um I mean I trained to be a coach quite a long time ago now I think it was 2006 um but my arts marketing career goes back even further than that so I got my first job in um, yeah what we kind of call arts marketing don't we so marketing of um, cultural organizations for want of a better word in um, 95 so that's a really long time ago Um, and the reason when I did coaching 
I loved the idea of coaching, principles of coaching, of using tools and techniques to get people to think about what they were doing and make changes and set and achieve goals and, and everything like that. But when obviously by the time I got around to doing my coaching training and becoming a coach, I had this very extensive background in um in arts marketing. Um and arts marketing is a really interesting it's a really interesting sector to do marketing in because basically you have no money that's a slight lie actually but you no know budget. can you make it all yeah. happen on no budget oh yeah sure that's fine exactly yeah, yeah. so compared to you know certainly compared to corporate organizations anyway um cultural organizations have to be really really transparent about what they're spending their money on they don't like to be seen to be spending huge amounts of money on marketing and audience development so it's very creative in and of itself to try and get you know 400 people to come and see a piece of theatre or thousands of people over a summer to come and see an exhibition at an art gallery so yeah so I had all of those skills and also my husband um who I also um have run a business with and still do a little bit of, of work with him in his business he is a branding and graphic design person so he had these um clients that were coming to him for new brands and websites and things like this so when I dived out of my uh, cultural marketing career, I um, just qualified as a coach and I started working in his business. So I very quickly started working with a whole range of, of businesses, small businesses, but male and female. Um, and what I noticed really, really quickly when I was trying to help them with their marketing was that most of the obstacles that they were putting in their own way, particularly the women, weren't really to do with whether they understood how to use Instagram or whether they could put a direct mail campaign together um, or write a press release or whatever. It was more about what they thought they were capable of and what they thought was possible for them. So, again, I was very quickly even as a marketing consultant, all these different titles I've got when I was a marketing consultant, I was actually coaching people a lot anyway and mentoring them um, because of my experience um, as an arts marketing person for all of those years. And also then as being someone who was developing um, this business with my husband as well. So really understanding what it was like to be that woman or that person in a small business, you know, trying to get the sales in, trying to drive it forwards. Um, so yeah so my I think that's my it's not a kind of unique niche but I do blend mindset and um, marketing business development as a coach and a mentor so that's what I'm really helping um that's what I'm really helping my clients with yeah and actually when we worked together on a session so I had a session with you when I first brought my journal to market so my very first journal creativity island for mums so I'd done a project for mums. It was very clearly for mums with children under seven. It was all about finding creativity that impact, could impact on our well-being, weaving it into the kind of days, the long drawn out days of early motherhood. And it was in the pandemic. And then it culminated in this journal. And I booked a session with you because I was really unsure what else I needed to do like I was <laughs> I was doing Instagram basically I was like Sarah I'm doing Instagram and I know there should there's more I should be doing but I have like limited hours you know my baby was very small and you asked me some really tough questions about the journal and about my process and how I'd paid for it and what my vision was for if I did future journals and it was so so helpful because I think sometimes 
we can get wrapped up in, okay, I've done this thing. I'm going to throw everything at it marketing wise and something should work. And actually what you were getting me to do was observe what was working and to talk to the people who were invested and were buying it and really understand from them what, what it was giving them really and reflect that language back to me and that was a real set of light bulb moments for me it sounds so easy doesn't it but I think when we sit when social media can be so noisy we see okay they're doing it like that that's what to do I need to just show up and talk about it and talk about it until I'm sick of it and then that'll work and actually that's quite a hard thing to put yourself through and it's much more nuanced than that like there's a whole load more decisions that go on around business development if you're bringing something to market and you want to try and launch something yeah definitely and I think um social media has obviously given us all this platform hasn't it these platforms to sort of broadcast yes. ourselves at people but it only really works if we're getting to the right people if we're you know, if we're actually saying things that get them to identify themselves as being, oh, this, you know, this would help me, this would work for me. So I think as creatives, um, and this is why I love working with creative people, is they get they they, they can, as you say, get very wrapped up in like what the the product is, for want of a better word, what the what the creative work is. And it's only at the end when they've sort of created it that they stick their head up and think, oh, now I've got to sell this, I've got to, you know, and and my sort of well as you know my kind of feeling is you've got to sort of that's all got to be really embedded from the start you've got to really understand who you're creating that for and stay really true to that but actually be building that network around you so that when you do have finally have the thing to go and launch it at the world there are enough of the right people that are paying attention that are interested in what you're doing um it's really difficult, though, because, as you say, when you are running a small business, I mean, even for myself, obviously, I do know about marketing and things because that's what I've done all my career. But you just want to be doing the thing that you do, don't you? And it's really easy, especially when you're, you know, things are going well, if you've got enough clients or if you're selling, you know, enough things, whatever it is that you do to not really focus on marketing. But business is not a linear thing. We all have peaks and troughs. And what you don't want to do is get into a trough and realise that you haven't done any marketing for three months. Because A, that's probably why you're in a trough. And B, it's really, you've made hard work. So you want your peaks and troughs to be as gentle as possible. And without a consistent kind of communications, I would call it as well, because even marketing, it's a bit of a word that makes people go, oh, I don't really want to do marketing. But it's communicating, isn't it? It's building relationships so that, yes, you'll have a wave. And depending on your business, you may have really big, you know, if you've got a business where you're selling gifts, for example, things that would work as a gift, you're going to have those natural peaks of Christmas and Mother's Day or whatever. But for other people, it is just about trying to keep that as steady as possible and anticipating, knowing that you might get a dip in the summer, but you've anticipated that's going to happen. But because if you do communicate and if you do find the right way and the right platforms, and I know we had to talk about Substack today, Mm. but finding the right platform and being consistent. Now, consistent doesn't mean regular. It doesn't mean every Monday. It doesn't mean all the time. But to not just let everything slide because you're busy. So, oh, I don't have time to do my communications. I don't, you know, I don't need to. I've got enough people at the minute. I don't, I couldn't take on another client if I wanted to. But just being aware that the longer you don't do that, the deeper 
that dip will inevitably when it comes because it will it will come it always comes yeah I think that's a really good point and I taught a masterclass just yesterday around how I have modeled this kind of choosing two different platforms to show up on I'm only one person I'm a small business I love being creative I love being of service but I can't do that all over the internet you know I can only I can be quite strategic about that and what's been really good for me is to just hone in and focus in on growing two spaces and know what I'm doing there so my main point yesterday and you made this point just now was about consistency but it's also about that kind of space of am I advertising or am I co-creating and I'm co-creating is very much my language because my background is as a a creative producer so I'm always co-creating in those spaces it's always arts council funded projects arts council want co-created work so I've always been a co-creator but what I recognized on social media was you can advertise and say I've got this thing people see it and they move on or you can build community and that's where this kind of co-creation comes from the reason I put that masterclass on is because one of my clients was really struggling with social media overwhelm and I was explaining what I was doing and what was working for me and I said I'm going to put a masterclass on do you want to come to that you know and so it was like the scary thing about like you say with marketing it was like I already knew somebody needed it so as long as that one person needed it that was enough um and I think that's the thing isn't it there are all of these kind of metrics around numbers but what I found and I don't know whether you feel this as well I still feel like I'm running a relatively successful business. Well, no, I'll I'll rephrase that. I still feel I'm running a successful business with all of the different strands of what I do without killing myself to get tens of thousands of followers to look after on the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because actually, and you're right, you you do sort of have to look after them because otherwise, what's the point? And you might have 10,000 people, but what if they're not the right people? What if they're never going to become what you want which is to be part of a community to be a co-creator to 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 buy something from you and it sounds like you know and people just want to go oh I don't want to talk about people buying things from me because it sounds really needy or it sounds really whatever Mm. and we've all got these money hang-ups haven't we but essentially if you're running a business that's what you're looking for you're looking for people that want to give you money and there's nothing wrong with that because you are you know for me like with me it's my my coaching sessions my group programs you know I really believe in them I'm really good at what I do it's fine for people to give me money to do it and essentially there is no point in having lots of people following me on Instagram who are never going to take that step to engage a coach or who are never going to join a group program I don't mind them being there because they can benefit from the free content that I put out and whatever but for me as a business person thinking well what is the point of of these people I had a really interesting um, experience recently on Instagram because I decided I was just hating it like really hating it I think part of it was because of what and who I was following Um, and I I was just aware that I'd at some point I must have lost the strategy of of who (laughs) I was following myself so distracting right you're like I'm really clear and then you're like oh look a cockatoo what's it doing yeah well follow that and what the hell I was doing following some of these people but also just right I'm just going to really I really had this set myself this goal because I do love a goal you know me Claire I I thought I'm within two weeks I'm going to get rid of a thousand of these people because I wasn't following you know ridiculous amounts of people and I and, and get rid of them I did and as going through it was just that thing of realizing that everyone and everyone I got rid of sounds terrible everyone I got rid of 
was not somebody that really I cared about being in my community basically so and actually a lot of them weren't following me anyway so when I hit the button it didn't go to like follow back it just went to follow so essentially the whole value of it for me was was off anyway I was kind of following people that weren't following me back and a lot of them honestly I looked at them and thought I can't even imagine what frame of mind I was in when I decided to follow this account and that's it, that's it, it, when you change. spend time there it just happens doesn't it and mm-hmm. I did a similar thing and Instagram blocked me from unfollowing anymore but it was because I seemed to be getting like these people that would come and give like six likes and a comment and then not follow my account and I was like I don't know what you want but I feel like you want me to come over to your account but it's not because I can be very black and white about things I'm like why are you coming into my party with all my lovely people that are there and then just like spreading a load of confetti about and then running away like it just felt so weird and I was like no I just I don't know what this is but I'm not here for a bit for it and I part sometimes and I have done this in the past I did this when Luna was very young I put my account back to private for a couple of months you know and I was like it's fine you know I need to I need to curate that online space so that it feels good and people's behaviors have become bonkers on social media and nice segue into Substack, which we're both enjoying spending time on because it feels like we get to sort of start again and go, oh, okay, like the space here for long form writing, the space here for podcasts, the space here for video, the space here for community, the space here to really listen to who wants to take up space, who wants to write essays, who wants to write really thoughtful articles. And it feels like the noise of social media is almost deafening for me now that I've spent this much time on Substack because I've sort of turned it into my special interest. So I'm like here and I'm going, okay, when I go back there, I don't know what I'm there for. So until I figure that out, which I'm hoping will be in the autumn, I've just ditched it, you know, and I feel fine about yeah. it. I feel absolutely fine. You know, I could not have done that a year or two years ago. I felt, I feel like I was really plugged into the people that I would speak to there and I was plugged into that beautiful aesthetic that I used to like to share and other people's beautiful aesthetics that I like to see and I don't miss it and part of that is because I made this conscious decision to move my community onto Substack or actually onto WhatsApp you know and have like we have lovely voice notes together don't we you know it was like we met on Instagram realistically that was how we got to know each other wasn't it so yeah so it built up over time but I feel like where we are now on Substack it's like a real question mark now more people are coming over and more people are going oh okay like is it for me I'm an illustrator or I'm a creative can I create here and the permission slip it you know it's ours to own isn't it we can we definitely can um so before I ramble too much about my special interest how did you come to Substack, Sarah? And what have you been doing over there? Um, I think I know it's Substack was thing. Somebody told me about it quite a long time ago. And I looked at it and sort of parked it. I might, I don't even know if I started an account at that time, but I definitely went and had a look at it and thought, oh, this is interesting. But I saw it as interesting from a consumer point of view because again, like social media was just making me feel a bit sick because 
everything was I mean you mentioned there that sort of like you know the carefully curated aesthetic of the whole thing and I quite I I think everybody likes that at first don't they and they go oh look at all the pretty things yeah yeah it's like a magazine it's like when you go on Pinterest there's a I mean I love Pinterest as well because nobody talks to you do they it's just all like lovely things (laughs) um so and I remember I had a client yeah (laughs) and I had a client age ago that said that I love Pinterest because basically nobody obviously it's all trying to get my attention but nobody's trying to have a conversation with me and I totally knew what she meant by that but that carefully curated bit of Instagram was starting to just make me feel a bit icky and I didn't like it I almost just didn't like looking at it anymore um and I know you were on Substack there was a couple of other people and I thought oh well I'll I'll set it up but again I kind of I think I did set the account up at this time I didn't really do anything with it but what I discovered, apart from a couple of, hi, I'm on Substack kind of posts, and this was like before notes as well, so all you could actually do was create yeah. and chat and everything. So it was just very much that article inbox out mm-hmm. system. But I thought, I like this because I can go there and I can read things and it's really interesting. But what I really like about it, and I suppose this goes back to what we were just saying about Instagram as well, like these six clicks and they're like people that never follow you. Instagram from a business point of view feels like it's full of like have you ever heard the um the the sort of when people use the terms like hunters and farmers in business so the hunters are just in it for themselves basically they are just trying to find the kill the meat whatever you want to call it and bring it back to you know and and consume it that's their that's what they want to do so they're look they're just there for themselves and fine you know to a certain extent we've all got to have a little bit of a hunter in us but the farmers are the people that want to cultivate that want to grow that want to you know embed other people and things and I think that's the thing about Substack is Substack is although I've had the odd um little sort of you know um touch point where I thought oh there actually are there are some hunters on this platform Mm. it is very much a farmer's platform and the people there feel like they are genuinely interested in other people as much as they are interested in themselves where I think social media world does feel very self-interested now it feels like nobody I don't know if it's a capacity thing because everybody's following so many people or everybody's trying to achieve so much from something but it just does feel like everyone's in it for them they're not actually really interested in other people Mm-hmm. whereas I think on Substack it's kind of you know it's much more balanced people are obviously there for a for a reason in terms of their writing work or um, what they're trying to do with their creative business but it does feel like and as you said a place to kind of try and start again refocus build a different another community what's been really nice I've found because what I have done because I haven't ditched Instagram yet mm. um but when I found people that I've really been interested in on Substack um, and sometimes not quite interested enough to subscribe to them on Substack because I'm very aware that I don't want to get too many articles and too many things. But I've then gone to see if they are on Instagram and I found them. And it's really interesting thinking, wow, all these people were on Instagram and I never came across them. And actually, these are my people much more than 
the people that I was following when I decided to ditch a thousand yeah, of them. I wonder how that happened because I did a little bit of that before I left Instagram and I was like, how on earth? Like, and you realize what an echo chamber you've been in. And also because I've done like bits and bobs with teaching around content club and like helping people with like the back office stuff. When I'd looked at my analytics, it was mainly people in the UK on Instagram and mainly people in the Northeast. And I was like, wow like is it that small fry that all I can do is speak to my same people that are kind of artsy creative mums well-being focused in the northeast of England is that it like and how how does that work and it almost felt like a prison because I had some real aspirations of reaching mums with my creativity for mums project that I mentioned in Australia in America in any other you know English speaking spaces I was just like here's a tool people can have it for free like people are really struggling in the pandemic and I didn't know how to make that move I didn't I didn't know what to do to reach them and then Mm -hmm. when I realized all of that I remember I hit 3,000 followers on Instagram and I felt nothing like I just was like this this is just doesn't isn't even anything apart from the small pockets of friendships that I've made there the numbers that look at you every time you go on there and obviously you can do this on Substack dashboard if you want but I try not to but those numbers are just there haunting you and just kind of yeah you're just having this backwards and forwards like conversation with a mirror of your sort of success in metrics it's bonkers absolutely bonkers and I just yeah I just feel like over on Substack I mean some of the stuff you've written Sarah you wrote an article about your four-day working week you wrote an article about turning 50 and I was genuinely like so invested in reading your words and it's not that I didn't know those things about you but I didn't know the depth I did I didn't not from Instagram I knew a little bit you know and some of it but then I'm onto mm. the next thing. So our brains, and you know, there must be some research being done about neurodivergent brains, but I do think our brains, it's like next, 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 next pretty thing, next thing someone's got to say, next vulnerable thing, next personal share. Whereas on Substack, I was like, what an incredible article from Sarah. And actually, what an amazing piece of writing. Like, you know, so I knew you personally. So there was that, but there was also this piece of writing deserves to be shared, you know, and deserves to be shared on more than just a a story or a tweet or whatever it deserves for people to read it and I think for me that's what I realized really early on in Substack that there was an incredible wealth of really talented writers but there was also people who were refinding their voice because it's like with any creative industry we all go through imposter syndrome and kind of dry spells with creativity and all of that sort of stuff and it just felt like people were kind of taking the stage again and going I've written this thing you know and that was so nice um it is really really nice and I think you're right the thing and I because when I was a marketing person because being a an arts marketing person you just have to be able to do everything so Mm. it was only when I left arts marketing that I realized in the real marketing world I was about six different people in terms of what I would have done so one of the things that I did was copywriting now copywriting is a completely separate skill set and it's like when you meet actually there's a there is a um a marketing consultant that we both know Sarah Mm -hmm. and she was she almost like really highlighted it to me in terms of what I did and could do and what she did as a marketing person and as someone that had been a senior marketing person in bigger organizations and corporates that didn't even enter her head that she should be able to be a copywriter because that's what copywriters were for but that's what I did so this so that it was it's a good skill to have but I think 
when you do, you, you know, when you're asked to write copy for, like, say, a website or an advert or um, the back of a leaflet or something, you talk about small amount of copy. And it's a real skill set to get across lots of information in as few words as possible. And that's what social media wants you to do as well. Yes. But you're absolutely yes. right. So something like my four day working week article, um, which had started off actually, I think as a blog piece on my website, and I just updated it and put it on Stub Substack. You, there's no way you could really, A, you could really get that across on Instagram, but also that anyone would give it that amount of time. So oh. something like that, you'd want to think, right, okay, how did I create a four day working week for myself where I still earned enough money and everything felt great? And you'd almost want to sort of bullet point it and turn it into a carousel rather than actually write what I did, which was a very sort of clear and, and sort of lengthy article about the practicalities of what we did, but also like the mindset behind it and the realisation that it's fine to do that. And, you know, all those other like nuanced things that you could never get across. And I think I've read quite a lot of stuff about um, this brilliant book called, oh, I will remember the name of it, by Johan Hari, which is all about attention it'll come to me I've probably got oh, a copy can, of it we can put it in the show notes we can and it's good. really interesting because he really believes that modern life is making us not be able to focus on anything stolen focus that's what it's called and it's it's really interesting and a bit terrifying but what happens to him as part of that book he decides to just go off for about six months and he's got like a dumb phone basically and he goes offline so he can't do any of the things and he's a writer anyway. So he's just writing and he's just observing. And he's just living and reading. And he just finds that his attention comes back really quickly and in a way that he actually didn't think it was ever going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when you think about Substack, that's it's a really good playground for that kind of realisation that actually you can still sit down and read a thousand words by somebody it's and, and not lose your attention as long as it's something you want to read and it's well written you can easily do that but because of because of social media i think it is social media and messaging as well has got quite a lot to do with it and you know little emails and stuff it's all these like little little bites little bits of information how can i make this as like succinct as possible how can i get this in however many characters instagram gives you yeah. um and actually, that's the beauty, I think, of and that's what it's allowing people to do is to really um, just like get the richness of their thoughts out again without having to think, how do I say this in an attention grabbing way enough yeah. so that people will read it and not just scroll by? Because the minute you start doing that, the minute you start thinking, how can I make people read this? You sort of lost because that's not that's not the point is that the point yeah. is to really just write something that's good it's an amazing point around self-expression and there's also that point as well around we've got so used to whether somewhat something is landing with people if it's got a comment or if it's got likes and then Instagram did that thing where you could hide the likes and I was seeing that everywhere and I was like wow like that feels really sad to sort of get to a place where we're so upset about the number of likes that don't exist that we're then hiding the likes from ourselves I don't I haven't switched it on so I don't know it's either from ourselves and our audience or just from our audience and actually on Substack I haven't felt any of those things although I, I have had a really supportive community there 
pretty much from the off, you know, pretty much from when I decided to move my mailing list over there and when I kind of came out of my cocoon of writing about the stuff that I wanted to write about in terms of my husband's health and stuff. I do feel like people have been supportive and people have wanted to read it, but in a genuine way, you know, so that people have kind of found it. And then there's the other side now where because it's busier and because Substack Notes exist, which is Substack's inbuilt social media network, there are people still downloading podcasts and there is people still viewing the posts, but less comments. And actually that's probably a good thing for me because it was tipping into a place where commenting was like a big chunk, like replying to comments was a big chunk of my week before notes came in. And and I actually wanted to put more content out. So it's enabled me to do that and to kind of work with the platform and to work out how much I want to kind of put out across my three publications. But it does feel like there's a spaciousness and there's a generosity of spirit as well. Like people are lifting each other up. People are sharing stuff that resonates with them. They're sharing other people that are similar, other people that are polarizing, other people that are very, very different, all in the same space. And I know what one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Sarah, was because you've written some posts that are definitely about your business and you as a business person. And then you've written other other posts and you've got this kind of curiosity around maybe you're on with writing a book. You know, you've got your membership posted there as well. Like, how is it all feeling and fitting together? Do you feel like you've got headspace and time to figure it out? Or how does it fit within your kind of ecosystem of everything else that you're doing? Well, I think the main thing um, that has, has kind of made it more central is when I moved my mailing list over there. So as soon as I moved my mailing list um, over, From it felt trip, like was it, it? Yeah, it felt like it had purpose because that was going to be my way of getting out my newsletter, for want of a better word. So, um, so that means that I do. I'm using it as I'm now using it as the platform to send out my newsletter. So it gives it that priority in my mind because to me sending out to my list which I've built over a number of years is the single most like important thing for me to do with my marketing it's like number you know of the two or three important things there are it's definitely the most important one so that's really helped for me um I am playing around with having a membership I have got a membership I've got a paid subscription which I call my membership um and those people get you know things that other people don't get um and I also um because I think notes arrived sort of coincided with me using Substack or visiting the Substack platform like more like on a daily basis whereas I think maybe a month even before that I was more like a sort of two or three times a week person and I hadn't moved my list then I don't think I know you did I remember us talking about it because you were still working through whether that was going to be the right thing to do and we were talking about GDPR and what you know what MailChimp could do for you in terms of segmentation and what Substack was and we were kind of talking backwards and forwards about that weren't we yeah definitely so I think it's a sort of a you know I never say never but I've still got MailChimp account but I've paused it and I haven't used it for a good couple of months now to send anything out but yeah notes did make a difference to me at first it kind of made me go oh actually mm, I don't know if this is what I came for I kind of came here to escape this yeah. but because of the way um and I think it's because everyone initially was like going oh it's like Substack's version of Twitter and I just thought oh when you're saying that like it's a good thing 
yeah, no, we were just like, no, it's we don't need anymore. No, yeah. no, yeah. But because of the kind, it comes back to the sort of like the quality of the people that are um, that are on Substack, as in they've got an account, they produce content themselves, being just, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure not everybody on Substack is lovely, but I've come across a lot of lovely people. And so Notes is being used in a really thoughtful way and what what would get attention on social media I don't think does get attention on notes and what gets attention on notes would completely fail on social media because Mm. it, it feels to me that on notes you have to have something genuinely interesting to say you have to have an interesting viewpoint and you have to be sharing a piece of writing where you can immediately see that that article is going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I know there's other things going on there, like people have um, have their own little thing that they'll do on a certain day where they'll kind of encourage, you know, and it's it's a it's a community building. And it's a, I mean, if I was being cynical, they're doing it to get lots of eyes on their notes and therefore people find them. So it's it's an audience building thing where people will say, you know, show me the most beautiful picture you've taken today. So there is a little bit of that what I would call more social media like content going on but actually the notes that I see traveling really far are the ones where someone has had something genuinely interesting to say and the amount of times where I've seen on social media someone having something genuinely interesting to say where I thought god that's amazing and I'm one of like a handful of people that have liked it and obviously everyone else has just gone not shiny enough not grabby enough not whatever enough and it kind of breaks my heart actually it used to break my heart when I saw people on um social media where I thought your content's actually really good yeah. I don't understand why you've only got 600 people following you this is mental isn't it because we because we obviously equated a large number of following followers to a, a certain quality or a certain set of expertises and all of that sort of stuff expertise isn't it where do you know what I mean expertise I and do. actually you know I met a filmmaker just the other week and Instagram had sent an email out with his account on it and it had brought him 20,000 followers and from that the snowball took off you know so for him he's like I've got no clue what I'm doing with Instagram Claire like that's where the followers came from you know so it's just that thing isn't it of remembering like we just need to stay true to our true north and like we just need to create for us and our community like wherever they are in in the internet on our phones on our laptops and actually with Substack we do recognize that there's space for that and it is spacious and there are the notes that hang around like I replied to Hamish McKenzie Hamish McKenzie's one of the co-founders of Substack I replied to a note that he did and it just popped up again today that somebody else had liked it somebody else had replied it was well over a week ago so you think that it's disappeared in the same way that social media disappears and actually it's got a much longer lifespan on Substack if and I've noticed this if somebody is um, definitely talking about Substack within the note so those are the ones that seem to hang around the longest top tip so if you've got anything to say about Substack you'll see me do it a lot because obviously I run um, Sparkle on Substack and before that I really wanted to encourage people to stay creative on the platform and not box themselves in so I've been talking about it for a long time and I do feel like it's spacious enough for us to actually get that reflection back like this is great you know we're doing great we're doing okay and it's not that we 
necessarily should set ourselves up to crave that but I think we did miss it when algorithms took over our businesses like my husband built up thousands of people on a Facebook page for his business and Facebook just choked that and the business literally died like overnight it was like well if we cut that was the only platform he used to tell people about what he had going on and that was how everybody found out about his classes his offerings and then all of a sudden it meant nothing Mm. and you just go oh okay so we can't use that now but it was like a loss you know because you put so much into it creativity energy time scrolling you know all the things and the same you know with Instagram that we've both kind of loved and then kind of adjusted and I think you know we need to stay savvy that Substack is not some sort of golden goose but it is set up in a completely different way in terms of the way that it looks after its writers its creators its readers it's really trying to be supportive the things that we've complained about they've listened and they've shifted it straight away they've changed it so it is creating for us and we get to own the emails at the end of the day so if you wanted to put those emails on another provider you totally could do that and that's that's what's brilliant about it because um and I heard was it I don't know which one of the platforms or it was Twitter, it's another stupid Elon Musk idea that he has obviously grasped this idea that people um well I'm sure he's really paying attention to Substack, um, that and people say this all the time, don't they? Like marketing people like me say to people, do not build your business on shifting sand. Do not mm. do not create it all on Instagram or Facebook at the expense of having a mailing list because the mailing list is the most important thing. And people did, like you say, like Dave did, lots of other people have done. And everybody does it to an extent where they might have however many thousand followers on Instagram, how many of them have they managed to convert to their list? And it's most people were being really honest with themselves. They'd realize it's actually a really small percentage. So I had a really interesting thing yesterday morning where I just logged onto Instagram and they basically told me that my account had been suspended uh, because of a violation of their community rules and they needed me to fill in this form and they would get back to me but it could be that my account would basically be I can't remember what the word they use but basically they would take it away from me and I would never get it back and they actually kind of said that and I was like okay all right then and I was quite chill about it actually and when I thought about it I thought I don't think I really even care that much about the people that are following me I just care about my content I'd be really annoyed if I lose my content anyway they'd, come, it, they'd that's... come and find you somewhere else as well wouldn't they that's the thing well, that's like, the thing people have done that with me they're like they, you know they'll message me and be like where are you you're not on Instagram I'm like no I'm not I don't want to love time do you want to meet for a coffee <laughs> but people are but 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 people are still doing this. They're still really putting everything into these platforms. Now, at least with Substack, as you say, that is like a mailing list. So I've imported my mail list, but everyone who is a subscriber that's come to me via Substack, which is where most of my new subscribers now come from, in fact, pretty much all of them, yeah. I can take them and put them in another container, you know, if I decide to. So you are every time you get a new follower on Instagram or Twitter, it doesn't mean anything. If you if you do it on Substack, it is like they've joined your mailing list. So I think it is Twitter where they're trying to do well, this is his latest crazy idea that it's going to try and almost build something like that into Twitter so that your Twitter followers become 
a mailing list it's probably never going to happen but it does just go to show that you know even the madness that is elon musk is catching on to the fact that actually like people like me have been saying for years the gold is in the list do not spend all of your time like substack is a great platform i totally agree with you it feels like a kind platform it feels like an exciting platform to be on because they are listening and they are adjusting and new features are coming out all the time and you're going oh this is great I can now do this I can do that but the main thing for me that makes it better than anything else is that I'm actually building a mailing list at the same time I'm not just building a social media profile that as if Instagram had taken it away from me and said no Sarah you've done something we don't like you're not having it anymore I would have lost all of that and there would be nothing I could have done about it so it's just a real warning to anybody watching this that is kind of going yeah, I've got like 10,000 Instagram followers. Well, but what does that mean? You know, and you've made the point about numbers as well. You know, people that have huge social media followings, but let's get back to the topic of money. They're, they're not making any money out of it. What is the point of having 50,000 followers on Instagram if that's not bringing you in a, a, an income? Like, what are you doing? What's the point of it? I think, um, yeah, and there's something, there's something in that, isn't there, where accidentally people end up with a lot of followers and they can, you know, fall into doing adverts and that can be quite financially lucrative and then they can, you know, use those followers to kind of build a business around and all that sort of thing. But what we're saying is that with Substack, we are sharing what we want to share in a long form way, connecting with community, popping into notes, having a lovely time. And actually there's space for people to do that. And there's space for people to try out what they might want to try out. One of the biggest barriers that people have had with me coming over to Substack is Claire, I don't want to do another platform. So, you know, Mm. when the curiosity got the better of everyone and they said, right, we'll have a look at TikTok. We'll just, we'll pop over, we'll have a look. And I did it and I was like, I'm I'm all right. I'm curious. I'm going to have a look. Obviously we were seeing stuff coming in through Instagram reels. It was like, right, fine. We'll have a look. And I was like, this platform just isn't for me. Like, I know it isn't for me. I know I could squish myself into being able to create stuff on here, but I don't want to. And I think that is like the biggest thing. And we've had this conversation before. I want to show up on Substack. I want to write posts. I want to record podcasts. I want to talk to lovely people. I want to reply to comments. I want to go and read people's stuff all in the one platform. Mm -hmm. And that's good for now isn't it it's like okay let's do some of that then because actually it is fueling my business and it is a really nice and gracious place to spend time and I think that the social media burnout is real you know we are actually falling out with these monsters we've created because we we're just in them and we feel like we're locked in them and Substack doesn't feel like that no and there's you know and all of the platforms because I've I mean I haven't used TikTok um I just couldn't go there, but I've used all the other ones and I've got a website and I've had a blog and I've used, I used social media pretty much since its inception, really. And there are good points to all of these platforms that have been sort of almost like lost in the, in the wash of horribleness of everything and the algorithms and the toxicity of Twitter and the whole Zuckerbergness of Facebook. But when you look at, and we do keep talking about long, long, um, long formats, Substack, but Substack, for me, and I know we've had this conversation, so it's it's your blog, it's your mailing list. Notes is now your Twitter. 
chat and threads is like having a Facebook group. You can put pictures on there and lots of people do. You can um, put video on there. You can create a podcast. Lots of the things that you create on Substack now don't have to be long format. So I think if people are put off by the idea of, oh God, I've got to now start writing really long articles and I've got to become a really good writer. No, you don't. You can come on um, and you can do whatever it is you were doing with your mailing list anyway. You can show up more in notes or you can get really active in like chat and threads. You can use, I mean, I don't use them half as much as I should do. Um, There's lots of ways of using it. There's so much function now that almost everything that you could think of that was good about Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything that was difficult about starting a podcast, you can all you can find all of that on Substack. And my only my only sort of I suppose negative or or warning bell for is at the moment a lot of people aren't on Substack. So the community there is smaller so the idea of some but I'll get to why that's not a problem in a minute but if if someone came to me and they didn't have any other platforms were setting up me or maybe they had private you know personal social media or whatever they were setting up their small creative business what should I use now it might be it might be that Instagram or Facebook um, or TikTok would look more attractive because there's so many more people using those platforms but a most of them are not your target market and you know, B, you are actually get in front of them. And we all know how much the algorithm is working against people really who aren't prepared to spend money essentially or aren't prepared to jump through all the hoops of we want you all to do video and we want you all to do this kind of thing. So really, I would always say to people to have a look at Substack because all of the things that they can see would be a really good feature of a social media platform can probably be found in Substack. And Yes, there's not as many people using it. There's no denying it. You know, there's nowhere near as many people on Substack as there are on Instagram, for example. But depending on what you're trying to do, like with Instagram, as you know, you wanted to connect with all of those mums in different countries and even different parts of the UK. Really difficult to do it, really hard to build up your following, regardless of the content that you did or what the effort that you put in. So in a way, it's almost like social media is going we've got all the followers, but we're not going to give you any of them. Whereas at least with Substack, it's kind of like, we don't have all the followers, but we're going to make it really easy for people to find you. We're not going to, um, you know, we're not going to grade you in any way. We're not going to penalize you for not doing yes. certain things. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. level because, and you don't, there, there is that obviously the checkbox, the tick mark system, which is to do with the number of paid subscribers that somebody's um, brought over and you can yeah. find the metrics, you know, if someone hits over a, a thousand and then over 10,000 and all that sort of stuff, but it's not shouting at you. It's not, it's not in your face. And when I joined, it wasn't really there at all. You know, you had to look really hard to find that. So you were genuinely finding somebody through the quality of their writing and through what they had to say. And that felt like a really generous thing. Um, that was really, really nice. And I think all of those points that you've covered around what Substack could be, I think lots of people are still questioning that and questioning how it can fit in with everything else that they've already got, the, the rest of their digital footprint. And I think it will be so lovely to just end on for you you like what is your longer term goal so if we're thinking sort of let's be bold and say sort of five to ten years time are you still on there and who knows what social media will be doing but are you still on there like is that in your vision like are you here on Substack to stay on Substack 
Yeah, I really think I am. Um, and I think my membership, I would love to see that growing. Um, it would be amazing, actually, to see that growing and to really be able to spend more time than I do at the moment. So I've got there's a couple of things that I do once a month, each of them once a month for my members only, and then the odd little bit. But if I could, and it's that chicken and egg thing, isn't it? But I, so what I'm going to do, what my plan is for the for the next year, but certainly for the autumn, I'm going to put much more um, effort into just creating evergreen content that sits within the membership. Mm -hmm. So then I can just keep saying to people, if you join the membership, you get this little course. If you join the membership, you get, you know, this this piece of content that's really, really useful and just have a little bank of things in there so that I don't have to feel the pressure of going, what can I come up with next? You know, what can I where do? I have to show up live almost mm -hmm. as well, um, because that's time consuming, isn't it? But I really like the platform. I like the um the egalitarianness of it I like the fairness feeling of it um and the people there are really what have hooked me in I was kind of like wow I'm also like, never met so many nice people in one space yeah. it reminds me it's very much isn't it yeah it really reminds me very much of the very early days of Twitter so when I started using Twitter in 2000 so the 2008 to about 11 period for me Twitter was absolutely golden, like met so many lovely people, met them in real life, found clients, uh, really like I helped other people and really used it as a really rich kind of social networking tool. And that mm -hmm. the thing is like, let's stop talking about social media because that just makes it sound like we're all going blah at each other. Yeah. It's about networking. networking. So mm -hmm. it really felt great for me at that point in time. Twitter and Substack has almost brought back that feeling that there are like so many kindly like-minded lovely people out there that I've never ever come across on a single other platform that I've been on and suddenly I've come on Substack and they're all there and it's like wow this is really really nice so it's been, yeah. a, be it's been a beacon for us really hasn't it like obviously I've had quite an emotional journey because it was like solace for me when I first found it and I was like this is amazing you know it was amazing because it wasn't glitchy it was amazing because it was spacious it was amazing because I found my long-form voice again that had been completely lost and sort of quietened down by all sorts of things really and then and then the community came and you were like wow everybody is really generous and really inspiring like I felt so I felt so inspired multiple times a day since I've been using the platform I did a digital detox at Christmas and I kept Substack on my phone and this was before Substack notes so I just read people's Substack like I just was all over just like searching things reading people's Substacks and getting a real sense of like what the platform was outside of maybe the people that I was typically interested in reading about and I read lots of things that I wouldn't ordinarily read um and it just, it blew my mind. You know, we've only got so much capacity, haven't we, to kind of read each other's work. And we've talked about that tipping point before. But I think right here and now, it's like, let's ride this wave of generosity. Let's show up to the keys, create voice note, podcast, do whatever we want and be brave with it and model mm -hmm. that to other people. And when someone says, not another social media platform to do, let's find a way to articulate it that invites them in. That's what I feel. I think you've just, very much hit the nail on the head there because 
I think what everybody that currently uses Substack really needs to do is like, okay, if we want this platform to really go somewhere, if we want it to become like a real kind of contender, if we want to get more eyes on what we're doing, we've all got a responsibility to build the amount of people that are using yes. Substack, whether they're yes. creating on it or whether they're just using it as a way, a, a, as a place to find content. Mm. And I'd really like to see some people, um, and you know, and I would put myself, in that category of like maybe this is something that I also need to do of really thinking about how they do invite other people in how they make because I've heard so many people saying oh I put links to my things on Substack on social media and it doesn't bring anyone over and I just think well it's kind of interesting isn't it because what why why is that because we've all been using social media to push people to our websites to get people to sign up to our mailing lists why is this substack thing suddenly a barrier it shouldn't be and I just and, feel and like you, wrote a, you wrote a blog on it didn't you Sarah you wrote a blog earlier on this year for your website that said this is substack and I was like yeah. this is amazing like that was the missing piece and I'm gonna, I'm gonna share that further but that is it isn't it it's like we all hear about things all the time but we're all busy we're on with a lot aren't we so it's like we need to get to that space where we're all in agreement maybe you should do a note about it actually and say that like we need to teach people what a generous and beautiful space it is and um you know what that feels like actually as um, an online reader or writer or creator it just it feels good and trying to find them because I know Substack's business model is to find people to create content get people to pay mm-hmm. to read some of the content so that's yeah. all good don't have a problem with that but I think at the moment there's an imbalance in terms of the strategy of getting people, let's call them Substack users. I Ooh. think there's no real strategy around just getting people to to read it, yes. like to be a reader, to okay. feel that they don't have to come over as a writer. Okay. I think the, so I think that's one piece is that let's encourage people that don't want to come over and start creating things but to know that this is where quite a lot of interesting people are now and they're creating really interesting things and then is to somehow switch on the people like you and me who have businesses that would fit really really well into using Substack Mm -hmm. is to make it really clear for them what they're missing out on really Mm -hmm. and also get over this sense that um like I said, much as I love long form, I love I love reading long articles. I like writing them. Not everybody feels the same way, but to not put that as like a barrier because there's so much on Substack that actually is quite short. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you can listen to podcasts. You can just engage with notes. You can join in with chats. You can write an article that's only four or five paragraphs long you yeah. can you can yeah. something not that much longer than you would have put on Instagram anyway and people mm. it's interesting we'll still read it so let's remove that idea that everybody somehow you know some has to turn themselves into like a writer whatever that is and that they have to start writing huge articles because you don't so I think there's a definite piece of work for um users of Substack particularly those of us that do create content and would like more people to come and read our content to actually for the whole community start creating Substack readers as well as other Substack content creators. Totally brilliant, Sarah. I just think if Substack's listening, they'd commission you right now, wouldn't they? They'd be like, yes, Sarah, you do that even work for us. Just got yourself a commission there. 
but yeah I do think we've got a responsibility in that as well and I think if we can if we can hold all of those threads and hold that generosity and take what we've learned from social media the good the bad and the ugly and bring that here and bring that into this new fresh clean space I think that things will I'll, I'll just you know grow and grow and things will just feel really good for us all I'm going to end there because I can hear that my husband's come back from the park with my daughter we're sort of knee deep in summer holidays juggle but it's been so amazing to speak to you where can people find you online Sarah well I should be able to remember what my Substack's called shouldn't I but I am on Substack I'm just Sarah Rod and my um page is called gather and grow mm-hmm. um, I am still on Instagram underscore Sarah Rod all one word and that's it really that's I don't really do anything else those are lovely those are lovely spaces so you can go and follow Sarah online I'll put all of the things that we've talked about and links that we've mentioned in the show notes and if you want to hop over if you listen to this podcast outside of Substack there's a comment function within the podcast so you can ask questions there any questions you've got of Sarah or of me would be really happy to answer them thanks so so much to Sarah and thanks to you all for listening thanks to you Thanks so, so much for listening to Sparkle on Substack. There's a whole community over on Substack to connect and chat with. If you'd like to leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, I'd absolutely love that. See you next time. And remember, great oaks grow from tiny acorn seeds. Sending sparkles to you for your day ahead.